like you, I've always been curious about successful people. In season two, we'll delve further to explore passion, purpose, and peace with today's heroes. Join me as we chat with inspiring and accomplished women and men who will share their journeys and life hacks to pass the power on to you. Today, we'll chat with Rachel Lim, co-founder of Love Bonito, one of the largest women's fashion brands in the region with an international e-commerce presence, as well as 19 retail stores, including those in Malaysia and Indonesia. Interestingly, Rachel sees her work not as the business of fashion, but instead the business of women. Her leadership touches design, brand, and customer experience at Love Bonito, which has a unique identity and mission, ultimately aiming to empower its strong community of women. I just find this incredibly impressive and inspiring, and I can't wait to explore more today. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us. Hey, Paige. Thank you so much for having me on Bot to Chat with you. I know you're so busy with your company and you're a new mom to a baby boy, so welcome. <laughs> so much to learn, yeah. I'd love to begin talking about purpose and passion. And I think many of our listeners know you well, but for the few who've been living under a rock and don't know your story, you began a blog shop called Benito Chico with three friends in 2005. You were 19 years old and your goal was pretty simple to earn some extra cash. But somehow, and that was when there was no e-commerce. Yeah, that was pre-Instagram, pre-iPhone. You know, those were really the days where it was just in its nascent stages. Online shopping was also in its nascent stages. So this was really almost 15, 16 years ago. So how did you turn a pet project into a passion with a purpose now? Yeah. So like, like you said, I think a couple of my friends and I came together because we wanted extra pocket money. So that's when we started on a live journal platform to sell our pre-loved clothes online. After a while of doing that, we ran out of clothes to sell and people kept coming back for more. You know, to them, it was refreshing and it was pretty novel then, you know, to shop and buy online. So we decided to use the money that we had saved to go overseas to import clothes to sell. But while we were doing that, there was always something I felt that was missing from the pieces that we brought in, be it the quality, the fit, the colour, the details, the fabric. There was always something I really wish I could change. So in my final year of university, with no fashion, no business, no design background, I decided to drop out of school to break the bond that I had with the government to start the business with my co-founders. So that was how Love Bonito was born. And over the years, you know, I have also seen for myself how our attention to detail in the fabrics that we choose, in the fit that we create, in the products that we produce have such an immense effect on women. I truly believe that when you look good, you feel good. You stand a little taller, you speak a little louder and you shine a little brighter. So dressing up and dressing well for yourself has immense psychological effects on the way we feel about ourselves. And that's, that's really what we want to do for women, to be able to clothe her and empower her with confidence. I do think that fashion gets a bad rap because so many people peg it a certain way and think that, oh, if she dresses so well, she can't be smart. And now oh. it's a matter of, you have so many brilliant women yeah. who also really love fashion. Yeah, so it's true. that mindset is changing. Yeah, definitely. I think to your point, it's true. And you know, I read a Forbes article previously and it says that confidence is as important as competence. And we know that women are not any less competent 
right? And for us, why is it? But in the article, it also says that women tend to be less self-assured than men. And therefore, you also see that, especially, you know, previously, right? Women tend to lose out in terms of, you know, we don't put our hands up as much as men used to. We don't speak up on the board table as much as men used to and things like that. But why is it so when women are not any less competent than men? And confidence does play such a huge part. And that's where we believe, you know, one of the things that also help confidence is how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves is how we also dress ourselves and how we express ourselves through dressing. So we see that as a key angle in helping a woman to discover and embrace herself. Well, I can add as a customer of Love Bonito that I've been in Singapore for 14 and a half years and I probably started buying your brand maybe 12 years ago and now I'm wearing Love Bonito today. I mean, I do feel that the quality, the workmanship, everything about it now is an entirely different league. It's really strong. Yeah. Thanks for that, Paige. I think thank you for supporting us through the years and also for always, you know, giving your feedback, honest feedback along the way. I think it's also helped us grow. I think for us as well, what I really wanted to do was also to democratise fashion. I don't believe that a great outfit that fits you well, that looks good on you, must burn a hole in your pocket. And I really wanted to do that for everyday women like myself, right? And that's why we, like you shared, I think the value that you get, you know, for what you pay, I think that's something that we pride ourselves in doing well for our customers. Let's get back to you dropping out of school because I know oh. all of the all of the parents oh, no. out there they're listening yeah. on this and they're saying what she dropped out of school so I did how, how did your family react to that when you said yeah I'm going to do this this is my passion and I'm going to do it yeah so this was when I was in my final year of university and this was also after a couple of years of really hustling on the side trying to juggle school and work and I felt that well something has to give because when I was in school I couldn't focus I was always thinking about the business and when I was was doing the business, I was always worrying about the assignments that I had piling up, the examinations I had to take. So I realized that I wasn't really excelling at both and something had to give. And back then, I felt that there was already a momentum going on in the business and momentum is key in business, right? And I wanted to strike when the iron is hot. I also told myself that, you know, I was still young then and if the business were to fail, I can always go back to, you know, studying and and picking up Fail early. Exactly, it's true. (laughs) And also, you know, that being said, I decided to pluck up the courage because I didn't have that five-figure sum of money to break the bond. I had to borrow it from my mom. And the interesting thing is because I don't come from a rich family at all. My dad's a taxi driver. My mom already was working two jobs then to support the family. So the amount of money I needed was essentially her life savings. So it was a really tough conversation for me. And ultimately for her, I am so thankful that she decided to take that leap of faith to help me because back then online shopping also, she was it wasn't something like what it is today. It's so established, right? Back then she was so worried that she was asking me, will the government come after you? Is what you're doing legal? Why are people transferring you money before they receive their goods? You know, so I guess for me, I really, truly, genuinely am grateful to her for that leap of faith. And I guess that's also one of the reasons why I knew I couldn't let her down and I couldn't fail. Yeah. Would you say she was a tiger mom? <laughs> well, depends. What's, what's your definition of a tiger mom? Gosh, that's a whole nother podcast. But yeah. the stereotypical Singapore tiger mom pushes their kids on everything. I think a tiger mom should t- push her child on her talents. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Paige, and that is actually a thinking that not every mom has. Because a lot of parents tend to push 
the child in the direction that they want to impose on their kids, which is it's just a very different school of thought. So for my mom, I guess she has always supported me and supported her kids uh, in whatever that we wanted to pursue and will always be there to, you know, encourage us and support us and to also give us that honest feedback. So yeah, I guess I'm thankful for that upbringing. So your son, born last December, yeah. so he's still a baby. Ollie, yeah. If he says to you, Mommy, I'm, I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to drop out of school. You're going to say? Well, it depends on the circumstances, Paige. But it depends also the reason why he's doing that. And, you know, yeah, I think that there's so many reasons I would have to consider. If he's just going to hang out in Bali, the answer is no. <laughs> well, definitely I wouldn't encourage that. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, education is important. And education has played such a big part in my journey as well. And it's helped me so much in becoming who I am today. And I think I continue to learn and grow, you know, beyond the confines of school through my journey in the last few years as well. So I, I do very much believe in education. When I read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and she talked about having imposter syndrome, mm. I was shocked that she could have ever felt that way. And I know it's something that everybody grapples with, but not finishing university. Has that ever played into the imposter syndrome for you? Or because you started business so young, is it mm -hmm. something you've had to grow out of? Yeah, I guess for me, I think definitely in this whole journey, you know, building Love Bonito has been such a personal journey for me, confronting the best and worst of myself. And I think beyond anything, this has been a journey of personal growth. And and through my journey, I know that this is not built on one person alone. You know, I really stand on the shoulders of giants. And I also really stand together with the hundreds and hundreds of people who have been in Love Bonito's journey, you know, through the years that have helped lay a brick to build Love Bonito together with me. And for me, knowing that, you know, I cannot and could never have done this alone also helps with me, you know, not feeling too much of imposter syndrome in that sense because I wouldn't say that I am self-made. I wouldn't say that Love Bonito is self-made in that sense because there is no I or there is no self. It is really a whole entire village that helped Love Bonito to wear this today. So having that gratitude and acknowledging, you know, the people that have come alongside me to do this with me has been key in helping me through this journey as well. How important has social media been in building the brand? Absolutely important, Paige, especially in the early days. Social media looked very differently 15, 16 years ago than what it did today. Today, you have, you know, key channels and platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, that are so well established, right? That, you know, they even have functions ready for you to market, to sell, to have advertisements. But back then, it was so different. And back then, we relied heavily on blogging on a live journal platform where you literally type out, you know, on long form about your life, your days, you add pictures, you know, through a photo bucket account, things like that, and you upload it manually. It's so different from what it is today. And it's not just, you know, scrolling through in two seconds to get someone's attention. And social media has played such a big part in humanizing Love Bonito. I think in the initial days when we first started, we were the pioneers in Singapore for online shopping. And what really helped establish that trust between the customers and us was that they they knew the faces behind the brand. They knew the owners. They knew that, well, I trust her. She's legit, you know. Uh, I know about her life. I know which school she attended. So that helped in a sense for people to trust the brand immediately, especially to the point earlier about having to first part with their money before receiving their goods. So that played a huge role in mending the gap. And I think that has also helped allow customers to feel like they are growing with the brand personally because we share a lot about 
the behind the scenes of building Love Bonito and Bonito Chico back then with our customers. And that also, you know, in turn, helped them feel like, oh, I actually know more about the brand than, you know, versus, for example, another brand that I just see down the street and have never heard about the team or the people or the founders of. So I think that established a tight-knit relationship that has really helped establish a strong loyalty between the community and the brand. Before we proceed, let's take a quick break. You've done an excellent job on your Instagram. I mean, you are quite the influencer. I think you have over a hundred thousand followers. And I was telling Rachel before that I would see her wearing something. I go to Love Benito and buy it. It's already oh. sold out. But I love the way you are so honest on your Instagram. It's so authentic. And recently, you've talked about your journaling. Yeah. And you talk. You know, you had columns for what I'm proud of, challenges faced, yeah. lesson learned, and you you have a few with your husband, which are hilarious. <laughs> Um, and I feel like he's a little bit like my husband. He's very willing for you to be the star. So I just think that the authenticity that you're doing helps build that trust that you're talking about. So I would say you need to keep doing that because it's really working. It means so much, Paige. And I think for me also, I think through this journey, I I just want to encourage women that if someone like myself can be strong in finding my way, I really want to encourage and lift women up together because I think that through my journey, I've learned so much. I've made so many mistakes. I have to do with so many struggles, right? Comparing myself to others. And I still do. I just have to learn how to cope with it. Getting myself, you know, strong mentally to not engage in my negative self-talk. But how do you do that? that? Because there are a lot of listeners who probably would love to know. This is a whole episode altogether, but I do think personally, there have been habits that I've had to, and rituals I've had to instill in my life to help me cope. There have been frameworks that I've had to instill to help me cope. And yeah, even little things like, you know, I think for me, what I've learned in this journey is that everything boils down to your mental strength. At the end of the day, you can conquer anything if you set your mind to it. And I also believe that, you know, a lot of times people ask me, what's the biggest challenge or what's the biggest struggle building Le Bonito the last 15 years? For me, problems can be solved. What's most important is your mentality and your mindset when you are faced with that problem and challenge at that very time. And so one of the things that helps me that I developed only recently, a couple of years ago was, you know, there was one day page, I think about three, four years ago, where I had a really bad day at work and I came home, I was so drained, I was defeated, I was mentally down and I just came back threw my back aside and then just slouched on my sofa at home. And when my husband came out, he saw me, he was like, what are you doing? And I just said, oh no, please don't bother about me. I'm just throwing myself a pity party. I had a really bad day. And for me, I was just dwelling and just replaying the negative scenes in my head and just dwelling on, you know, uh, negativity. And, you know, the funny thing I realized is that it is pretty comforting to dwell in negativity. And I felt like I could go deeper and deeper and deeper. So what he did was, he was like, okay, I'm going to let you be. But what he did next, he took out his phone and he actually set a timer on his iPhone. So he set a timer then of about seven minutes and he said, once the timer beeps, you have to snap out of it. So I was like, okay, it's weird. But anyways, seven minutes passed, the alarm rang, I snoozed, you know, I snoozed a little more and I realized that, okay, I decided to snap out of it both mentally, emotionally and physically. And I found that that really helps me, number one, because I 
addressed the issues that I had on hand. I acknowledged the feelings that I had. I was feeling down. I was feeling upset. I didn't just sweep them under the carpet. Yeah, I think acknowledgement is so important. Acknowledgement is so important because if you just sweep it under the carpet, it comes back to haunt you in many different forms and different ways. So acknowledging that has been so important for me. So I gave it the time of day to acknowledge it. And secondly, when the alarm rang, I decided that I needed to snap out of it and just do something else, right? Whether it's physically, you know, go for a walk, have my dinner, take a shower, you know, take my mind off things and work towards the next best step. I think that has given me a lot of clarity and a lot of emotional strength as well to move on. Because if not, I realised a lot of times I would have gone on indefinitely. A lot of times I would have gone on, you know, and, and realising that, oh my God, it's three months and I'm still upset about it. Why? You know, things like that. I think choosing to put a stop to it. So today, I actually still do that ritual. In office, if there's something I need, I need to really take a, in a mental and emotional break from I go to a corner I go to a room I set the timer depending on how big the issue is you know it can go from a simple two and a half minutes or you know if it's something that I have more time to address when I'm alone at home it goes to perhaps you know even two and a half hours so I think this has been key in helping me build mental resilience as well Maybe something a few of our listeners are going to try. I hope so, yeah. It has really, really helped me. And I did share this also with my team. And a couple of them told me that they've been trying it. And it really helps. So whatever works for you. And I think this is just something that I found that has been really useful for me. Because at the end of the day, you need to work your mindset and your mental strength. And the great thing is, your mental strength is like a muscle. The more you work out, the stronger you get. The quicker you are able to snap out of certain things. Or recognize when you are dwelling. Or recognize when you recognize your ego at play versus you know yeah so I think that has been pretty helpful you talk about the self-discovery the self-acceptance and the self-growth how did you discover your purpose because I know that your company has grown up a lot yeah as you said over the last decade yeah it really has a purpose now beyond clothes beyond I mean it has a mission for women yeah and how did you discover that? When, yeah. when did that become important? Yeah. The purpose? I love this question. And I think for me, it's always an ongoing journey of discovering and refining the purpose, right? And I guess it only really came to me during one of the lowest times in my journey. This was in 2013. And I remember that, you know, for me, I was really down and I just asked myself, why am I really doing this for? Is it for the money because honestly I would rather work a 9 to 5 job and have a stable income you know and not have to work you know 24-7 and also worrying about you know helping people put bread on the table for their families there is a lot of also pressure when it comes to building and leading a team and so I asked myself why am I really doing this for and for that whole period I was so jaded I remember just going into office feeling the obligation to show up just because I have to show up for my team but was there anything more to that no there wasn't It wasn't until one day, Paige, when I remember this was 31st August back then and I received an email from a customer. Her name was Rebecca and she said, Hey Rich, can I come down to share with you a little bit about how Love Bonito has made a difference in my life? And back then I was really jaded, tired, burnt out. And I thought to myself, well, okay, there's no harm. So I invited her down to my office and when she came, she walked through the door. She was a 20 plus year old woman with the entire left side of her body visibly, you know, like she couldn't move or talk from it. So she was only relying on her right side. And you could also tell that she had just shaved her head because her hair was just growing back. And as she sat down, she said, through the last six months, she's been through major skull reconstruction, been in and out of major surgeries. But she said, 
what gave her the courage to look into the mirror every day when she had to go back for appointments, for checkups, for job interviews, was putting on a piece of Love Bonito clothing. She said, that gave me the courage to be able to look at myself in the mirror. I lost everything, my crown of glory. I lost my partner then. I lost everything. My confidence was gone. But that was the only thing that gave me the courage to build myself up again. And that was when I felt it was almost like God telling me, this is why Love Bonito exists. It's not for any single founder or person. It is for the betterment of people, women, community, confidence. And that was when I was, you know, really, really hit me hard that, well, this, I can't just, you know, do this for myself. This is almost like a calling that this has... This is bigger than I am. It is bigger than I am. It's a calling that I have to fulfill. And that got me out of the rut. That really got me out of the rut. Even when I talk about it now, my hair standing, because I just feel like that was what I needed so much at that point in time to push through and to push on. So it's true when they say, when you know your why, it gives you the courage and the strength to be able to persevere through the toughest of times. So that was a breaking point of Bonito's journey where it was almost like us discovering truly why we exist, who we exist for. And it was never the same again. That's an amazing story. And the hair on my arms literally was standing up too. So I feel like that is a perfect segue into LB Create, which you yeah. just started. So can you tell us a little bit more about LB Create? Yeah. So LB Create is our, our official social impact program that we just started this year. It's been a long time coming. So LB Create was started because we also want to solidify our commitment to the community, especially for the underprivileged women and girls. We believe that, you know, empowering women beyond just through fashion also starts with, you know, setting up and putting aside resources to commit to it. So... For this year, we started by also committing and collaborating with Barbie Mattel to also donate to Room to Read, the organization, to help 100 girls in lower-income countries in Asia for their education through high school. So that's our, this is our first project that we commenced on this year and we do see you know, many more projects coming up in the coming year as well. So this is something that we started this year and we're really, really excited and proud of. You should be commended for that. And when I saw online that you were doing the Barbie thing, I was thinking when I first had a daughter and I lived in New York, I did not allow her to have Barbies. And we lived on the Upper West Side of New York, which is kind of like where the liberals are and everything. And like, nobody had a Barbie. Ah. And then when we moved to Singapore, I had B and one of her first birthday parties was at a McDonald's and like all these girls had Barbies, Barbie dolls. Yeah. And there was a Barbie doll drive to send Barbies to the orphanage in China. And she said to me, mommy, I need two Barbies, one for me and one for the orphanage. Because <laughs> I just didn't allow them because- Well, that's interesting. Many decades older than you. And, and <sighs> I just grew up and the idea of Barbie was so gender specific ah, yeah. and, and, and a woman could not do any and everything. And now Barbie is an astronaut. Yep. <sighs> yeah, Barbie she is. is an engineer. She comes in different shapes and sizes, different colors. Yeah. The evolution of, of women it's true. has even happened with Barbie. So yes. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Pass the Power will be right back after the break. Recently, you promoted COO Dion Song to CEO, 
And I think this is something that you've handled up until now. And I wonder, did you do this because you want to do other things or because your business is growing so fast that you need another uber smart woman in the house? Yeah. So for me, you know, Paige, this is actually also something that's long time coming. I remember five years ago, I had a conversation with Hien, my investor, my only investor then. And I spoke to him and I said, Hey, look, in order for Love Bonito to reach its fullest potential, I need someone to come on board with me to grow this together with me. Also recognizing my strengths to the business and also recognizing the role that I play has and will evolve continuously through the different stages of Love Bonito. So for me, you know, it's not about the ego or being, you know, the number one always. I think for me, it's also recognizing where in the business, can I make the most impact? And how can I bring people smarter than me in different disciplines and different areas to build this and do this together with me? And that's when I started my search, you know, for someone to do this together with me. And I knew I wanted someone who truly believed and understood the mission of the brand, who is not just here to, you know, get us from X million to XX million in two years. Because for us, Getting there is as important as how we get there. So I think that's something that, you know, has been something I have been always on the lookout for. So when I met Dion back then, I think it was five years ago also at a women's networking event, I knew that there was something in her. That was also the time where, you know, in the last five years before she joined officially uh, four years ago, in the last one year that we had with each other, it was also genuinely getting to know each other as people, as individuals, understanding our values, our principles to see if it's a fit because it's a really important role in hire. So I think for me, it's also seeing her for more than what she is and taking that bet on her in really growing and leading Love Bonito together with me. So I think this journey has been about, for me, less about myself, but really about fulfilling Love Bonito's mission and potential. And I would do whatever it takes, you know, for us to get to where we should get to. Wise words. And when you were talking about surrounding yourself with the smart people, I thought of Tan Sushan of DBS, oh. who I know is one of your mentors. Yeah, she is. She's and amazing. she will say that, you know, if you ask her how she is, where she is, she will yeah. say, because I surround myself exactly. with the absolute smartest people. Yes. She said that when she was on the podcast. Yes, I heard that. It's true. I mean, she also inspires me in that way where, you know, constantly learning, growing. Because I also believe, Paige, that all of us are gifted with a specific superpower and a specific ability and gift, right? And for us, it's to really discover what that is, hone it and be excellent in it and partner up with people with different superpowers to do this and grow this together with you. So for me, you know, it's really understanding and having that humility and having that pure awareness of who I am, who I'm not and where am I best suited to serve Love Bonito. And I think that has been key. I've been involved in the Singapore fashion space for over a decade now. And I feel like it's a really tough place for fashion enthusiasts and designers to find a way forward with rents are high, buyers are fickle, buyers want known brands, space is crowded. If there's someone listening who wants a career in fashion in Singapore, what's your counsel? Well, that's a great question, especially because in the role that I have in Le Bonito, I have the privilege of speaking to and interviewing a lot of designers you know, a lot of young and upcoming designers as well. Uh, For me, if you want to start your own brand and you want to design for your own label, first and foremost, you need to know who you're designing for. You need to know your audience and you need to be commercial. A lot of times designers tend to 
have an ideal, you know. We tend to be a little bit idealistic in a sense where, and this is something I also had to learn, you know. We tend to be a little bit idealistic where if only it was designed a certain way, it would be perfect visually. But is it relatable to your audience? I think that's also something that we have to find a very, very good balance in. So for me, my advice would be know your audience, know who you're catering to and catering for and really, really do everything you can to serve them. I think you know uh, Max Tan, who's yes. a designer, a very good friend of mine. I yes. mean, that's one of the things many years ago I said to him, that's do some commercial advice. pieces, do some pieces, you know, that are going to sell. Yeah. And the other thing is perhaps you could start thinking about tween and teen uh, clothing. No, Paige, this is such a gap. That so many. <laughs> There's nothing in Singapore. Moms, no, it's true. So many moms have been asking, you know, there is a pure gap in those areas. So yeah, I would love to speak to you more about that also separately. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to ask you about is that you entered the bricks and mortar space in 2017 yes. when yes. everybody else was leaving and going yeah. online. So I wonder, has it been good for your ROI? I yeah. mean, was it a wise decision or yeah. was it more about building that community that you keep talking about? Yeah, both, right? I think it plays a part, pitch to what you said. I think for us, Le Ponito started digitally native and we started online where we did not have to worry too much about the overheads that the retail store brings. But over the years, I think we also saw that, you know, whenever we had physical interactions with customers, both the customer and the brand benefited so much in building a tighter relationship, getting to know each other better. And so we decided to start with pop-up stores. Jim Collins has this analogy he wrote in his book. He says, before you fire the cannonball, fire the bullets so that you can pivot along the way before you fire that, you know, one big investment that is pretty risky. So pop-up stores were our bullets. We had pop-up stores for like, you know, three to six months in different locations, different sizes. And that's where we experimented. Okay, we want to have a physical store in future. What good would it do for us? And if we do, what's the size? What's the perfect location? You know, what's the perfect assortment to bring in? We realized that there were a lot of things that, you know, having a physical interaction with customers could tell us that data can't tell us. Data can tell us what's selling, what's not selling. But it's only through that physical interaction and observations we have with customers that we realize, oh, why it's selling so well and why it's not selling. So this has been so precious to us in terms of helping us, you know, make great decisions for the company as well as the customers. And we also realized that, hey, today, while customers crave for convenience, they also crave for that connection, that human connection and the community that we want to build as well. So the way we train our staff in store, that our team of retail girls in store, is you know not just to... The goal at the end of the day, we tell them, is not that a customer walks out with as many shopping bags as possible. The goal at the end of the day is that she walks out understanding more about herself. So how we do that is, in stores, if you try something on page, for example... And the colour or silhouette doesn't suit you as well. We, we will tell you honestly, we'll say, hey Paige, well maybe this makes you look a little bit worn out, washed out. Let's try a different colour. And that interaction is so refreshing because there, there is honesty and we don't just sell you for the sake of selling. So for us, I think through the years, since our first flagship store in 2017 to today, in Singapore, we have five stores. I think we have never looked back on that decision and it has been amazing for us in terms of also the intangible value that you get from interacting with your customers offline. Well, follow-up on that is, do you have customers who only do retail, only do 
e-tail or, or they're, yeah. they're doing both? Yeah. Especially before COVID, there were a lot of customers who only preferred to shop offline because they just wanted the tactile feeling of, you know, trying it for themselves, putting it on, touching the pieces for the fabrics, things like that. So there was a group of customers, right? And of course, with COVID, I think everyone, you know, had to adapt and switch to learning to shop online. We're all home buddies to- now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, and there were also customers and still to today, I think even further accessibility by COVID, people do actually enjoy just shopping online at the convenience. Right. Yeah. We talked earlier about the fact that I would see you wearing something and then I would try to order it and it wasn't available. Mm. And I think about this a lot because sustainability is something people are always talking about in fashion. And I feel like you're not overproducing, which is such a big problem in the fashion industry. And then I think you even allow people to return the clothes and have a credit? Yes, we do. So yeah, firstly, thank you so much for realizing and appreciating that page. I think for us, as you know, I think we also want to be very thoughtful and conscious in production. So we do not produce deeply or for the sake of, you know, and, and I think we also try to see and capture demand pretty quickly. So for example, you know, if, if something that we have launched has sold out, and we realized through customers' queries and them keying their interest online that, hey, there's actually quite a demand for this. It gives us a good gauge of how much more to produce. And then we would produce almost just enough to cater to their needs. So in that sense, there is no excessive wastage that is unnecessary, right? So that's also something that we tend to want to use data to help inform the way we purchase. And I think to your point also earlier, one of the things that makes it easier also for them to purchase is that, you know, we have great returns policy or exchange policies that allows customers to then have immediate store credits, which they can use, you know, with no expiry date with us. So I think that also really helps. Do you think there will be a day when they can give you an old Love Bonito piece as part payment on a new piece? Wow, that will be game changing and that will be something that, yeah, I mean, never say never. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because my 13-year-old B is very, very conscious of wearing things that are produced Mm. by people who are paid and treated well. I think she thinks about it far more than Mm. generations who are older. Wow. I think that it's something that is... So she's conscious about... She doesn't want to buy from brands that she thinks are not paying and treating their workers workers properly. I I think that is definitely something that is also what the community are holding businesses accountable to, which is great. I think for us, you know, as well, from the get-go, we have also been very specific with the partners or factories that we work with as well, especially being the brand that we are and representing what we're representing in terms of empowering women. This is definitely something that is also very close to our hearts. Well, 40% of your sales are coming from outside of Singapore. Yeah. Is it Southeast Asia or is it is it China? Is they it America? They are primarily Asians in the world. And we realized that beyond just Southeast Asia, Asians in Australia, the Asians in US, we're having actually quite a bit of traction from Asians in these areas. Also because I think we realized that, well, firstly, there's a lot of Asian pride in this few years as well. And also I think, like you brought up earlier as well, I think for the quality and the price that you pay, the value that you get is great as compared to perhaps, you know, other brands that are available in their countries. And I think that's something that they can relate to as well. Perhaps also with the Asian fit and the Asian cut. That's something that they really appreciate. So do you think you'd ever produce a line for the non-Asian fit? (laughs) Well, I think for me, at the end of the day, we are produced by real women for real women. So unless I truly 
understand, you know, the little nuances of my audience, I wouldn't be confident in producing or catering to her. Don't go yet. Pass the Power will continue after the break. You talked about some of your habits and things that have helped you to become successful. You started your business at 19. And how have your habits evolved? I think I have been... You do the journaling. I know you read broadly. Yes. I think all these have helped me tremendously in my journey. Reading, journaling, self-reflecting, constantly surrounding myself with people who are different from me in a sense where they have different perspectives, they think differently. And I think intentionally... Adam Grant talks about that. Exactly. What are they called? Think different. Those people who... I think again, a challenge network. Challenge network. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I think for me also, I don't surround myself in a room with just yes men. I don't surround myself in an echo chamber. I want to constantly be challenged and also, you know, surround myself with people much smarter than me. I think that's key. Well, the other thing, Paige, is I think throughout my journey... One thing I wish I had done earlier is been on this journey and process of constantly getting to know myself better at every stage, every day, and really noticing things about myself, observing how I respond and react to certain things and knowing why. Is it because why was I upset about what someone said? Was it because it was against my value or was it because he or she hurt my ego? What was it really? And I think throughout this journey, when you know yourself, when you master yourself, you can do anything that is so powerful. And I think that for me, is actually one of the most important things I've learned in this journey. Well, I think that takes a bit of age and perspective to get there. <laughs> I have a few questions for you from Instagram followers okay. who were super excited when I told them that you were going to be with us for the podcast. What has changed in how you run the business now that you're a new mom? Wow. What has changed? I guess I'm a lot more ruthless about prioritizing. And I think for me, because I have limited time on my hands and also because with with an extra baby that I have to give a lot of attention and time to I realize that you know I am a lot more ruthless with how I spend the time that I have on my hands learning to say no exactly learning to say no and learning to let go which female leader inspires you the most well, depends on your definition of a leader. But for me, my mom has always been a great inspiration in the way she leads and takes care of the family, in a way that she keeps her joy through the most difficult of times. And my mom has been through some really difficult times, you know, personal problems that she's faced, working three jobs to support the family. I've seen for myself how she has kept her joy through each and every obstacle she faces. You mentioned earlier that she... Gave you the money yeah. so you could start and pay off your loan to, yeah, for, for university. Government. How long did it take you to pay her back? Wow. I guess for me, it's also, you know, I have consistently paid her back whenever I have, you know, little bits of money or, you know, when I started to draw a salary, I would apportion just to, pay, to ensure that, you know, I would pay her back eventually. But yeah, consistently doing it in bite size. What advice would you give a startup beginning their journey now in this very volatile market? Wow, I would say... Your team and your people are everything. Building a great team and building great people with you on this journey starts by knowing yourself, knowing who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you stand for, your values, your principles, and then bring the right people on board to do this with you. Jim Collins has this analogy. He said, you know, you need the right people on the right seat of the bus. And through the different stages of your journey, you really need different kinds of people. So I think... 
people and your team is going to be crucial for you in this journey. And it starts first by leading yourself and knowing yourself inside out. And for the young women out there listening, what about the importance of having a mate, a partner who really gets what you're doing and supports it? Because I get a sense that your husband is like that. I I think that's so important for the young women. Same for you, right? And I, I see it through your life as well. And I think the person you choose to spend the rest of your life with can make or break you. And I think also you hear, you know, you hear the quotes, right? Like you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. So they really influence you in their habits, their mindset, their thinking, their behavior, everything. And I think for me also, it's really important that you find someone who is secure in who they are and would do everything and anything to support you and uplift you and uplift you. Is there a question you wished I'd asked? No. <laughs> no not that I can think of now, bitch. <laughs> Wrapping up, I have some quick fire questions for you. Okay. One trend you'd like to end? Bell bottoms. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> Favorite comfort food? Fried food. Anything fried. Currently reading or watching? I am currently listening a lot of Novak Djokovic's podcasts. I am obsessed with, you know, going deeper into the minds of champions. And you know, I was obsessed for a while with Tiger and now I have moved on to Novak. So I am obsessed. I just came from listening to his podcast by Lewis Howes. So I think, yeah, that's what I'm listening to now. That's great. I'm also obsessed with podcasts and I'm learning about cryptocurrency now. And so I'm wow. spending most of my time there. Wow. So MBS, Gardens by the Bay, Jewel or Botanic Gardens? Botanic gardens also because it is more natural. Yeah, less man-made. You talked before about everybody has superhero potential. Yeah. If you had a power, superhero power, what would it be? Wow, I've never thought about that. Okay, 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 but maybe I would be able to... Well, what it's, uh, the first thing that came to mind is whether I'll be able to transport myself easily from one place to the other to save time. So, yeah... That's the first thing that I could think of. <laughs> Your favorite drink and with whom would you share it? I don't share my desserts or favorite <laughs> drink page. <laughs> That's something I don't share my desserts or drink of food that I really like. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, favorite drink or dessert that you would not share? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love a great and rich chocolate cake. I'm always on a mission to discovering what's a great and rich chocolate cake here. Yeah. And do you bake them or you buy them? I don't bake them. I Unfortunately, I'm not gifted in that area at all. And so, yeah, I just have to be on the lookout to buy. As your son grows up, I bet you will start baking because baking with oh, children, really? is it's like a mom thing that's so much fun. Okay, I'll, we shall see. I'll update you. <laughs> your favorite activity with your family? Well, right now, it's really just going down for a little walk and really just enjoying the breeze, listening to the sound of the leaves rustling against each other and the sound of the water in the fountain. So, yeah, that's something I really, really enjoy this period. And your final words to pass the power on to our listeners? At the end of the day, this journey is one that you need to take with yourself. Spend all the time and effort an intention that you need with yourself, being honest with yourself, getting to know yourself inside out. Because that, to me, at the end of the day, is what separates a successful person from the rest. I love this quote by this philosopher. He says, The greatest accomplishment in life is to be yourself in a world that's trying to make you something else. And that is so powerful and speaks to me because the greatest accomplishment in life is not about buying your first limousine car, your fancy car. It's not about earning your first million. 
it is really about staying true to who you are, knowing why and what you're in this world for and really living it out. Not conforming and not listening to the noise is really hard. Exactly. You need to put your blinders on. You need to do whatever you can to instill habits and disciplines to be able to put your blinders on and focus on your own path. Gosh, that's a fabulous way to end. Thank you so much, Rachel. And all of us appreciate so much how you've shared on your personal life and your passions and your purpose. And just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paige. for listening, please write to me on Instagram with your top takeaway from today. Since I'm still new at this, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or click the follow button on Spotify. Share my podcast on your Instagram stories and please tag me at I am Paige Parker. Always know I'm eager to hear from you on guest ideas and questions for upcoming guests. If you're new to the show, be sure to listen to the previous episodes to hear from more thought leaders. Again, thank you for listening and come back next week for another episode of Pass the Power with me, Paige Parker. Together, we got this.